Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Strip by Sia, your podcast for strippers, sex workers, and all the fancy naked people in between. I am Steph Sia, aka Kimchi, your host for the show, your all-time host. Season two is now, which is exciting. And I know I've been doing a lot of guests lately that are international from Singapore. I'm doing some from the Philippines, even some in Toronto. But we're going to go back to our roots here and we're going to go back to another, well, now she is based in Vancouver, dancer that um, has come all the way from Ontario, has an incredible story to share with us today. Uh, because we're talking about a really important topic, which is the big decision in terms of should I come out to my coworkers or colleagues? So it is very, very risky. There's pros and cons. We're going to go deep into that today. We're going to do a big deep dive. But without further ado, I really wanted to introduce Caitlin, a.k.a. Tiffany Hart, to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me on. Yes, no problem. Anytime, girl. I'm so excited to hear back from you. So basically, Caitlin slash Tiffany, whatever you want to call her, (laughs) she's a lovely girl. She's actually one of my former students (laughs) at the pole studio that I teach at. And she was so lovely. I remember like when you came in, I was like, who is this? Like tiny little girl, <laughs> this tiny dancer. <laughs> that was like last summer, I think, or maybe two summers yeah, ago. Last summer is when I moved to Vancouver. Yeah. So, for anyone that doesn't know me, my name is Caitlin Marie. Or I, my stage name is also Tiffany Hart or Tiffany of Hearts, depending where I'm at. I have traveled from Ontario as my home base, and now I am residing here in Vancouver, BC. Awesome. And great choice to move here, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) So you are a fellow stage, uh, not stage dancer, you are a fellow VIP dancer at a club here in Vancouver. Um, You have an incredible story (laughs) that I did not know of. (laughs) So it was (laughs) it was really cool when you actually you reached out to me um, on Instagram. You slid into the DMs and we're like, hey, I have an episode a potential idea for an episode. I really want to share my story on this. And yeah, we're all going to be talking about like coming out to your coworkers because you have a civilian job, which like you are super skilled. So wait, tell the audience who you are, what you do in terms of sex work and also the other two fucking cool jobs that you have as well. (laughs) So I am a VIP dancer or stripper. I also accept exotic dancer as well. I find that a lot of people have different names for different things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm pretty much all in the same category. Uh, That is my one job. My other two civilian jobs is I teach prenatal yoga and I also am an electrician. So I was (laughs) in the trades first and the trades is what introduced me into the dancing world. Whoa, okay. (laughs) I don't know all the details. I know you gave me a really, 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 really brief outline in your message. So I cannot wait to get into all the dirty details. But I just want to say thank you so much for reaching out and like pitching your episode to me. That's so, so cool of you to do that. And also really makes my job easier just because, and I'm just throwing this out there. If you do want to be a guest on the show, feel free to DM me. I always respond to all messages, but pitch me. Please, please, please pitch me your episode. I'm getting a lot of requests now to be on the show. But like if you're just be like, ah, I'm a stripper and I want to be in her show. Uh, <laughs> doesn't really work like that. Like I really want you guys, if you want an episode on you, like everything is highly created. I 
invite people onto my show because I feel like they'd be a good fit in terms of they could offer a different angle and offer a different perspective. So if you can do that and you could pitch me, please do. But please, please stop with the messages and saying like, I want to be on your show. Give me a reason why you want to be on my show, please. But anyways, continue with the story or actually start the story because we haven't gotten into it yet. So why don't we start chronologically in terms of like where your roots are, Ontario, all that stuff and go. All right. So I started in Ontario um, back in 2016 is when I first started October of 2016. Okay. I was an electrician for about two years and I was working with a group of uh, boys. One of them was my superior boss and it was coming to Christmas time when usually most companies do layoffs due to the fact that there isn't enough work. Mm. More Normally, they call you back. Being a girl in a male-dominant industry, I had that feeling where I knew I was going to get laid off and I wasn't going to have a job when I came back after Christmas. Okay. So I was talking with the guys about it, and one of uh, the members that I worked with said, why don't you go to work with my wife? And she works at a local bar in town. So I asked a couple questions, he invited me over, introduced me to his wife named Angela, and she uses her real name as her dancer name. Cool. So we went over there for dinner, she chit-chatted, she's been a dancer for 20 years from England, came over here when working visas were a thing for exotic dancers. Wow, Um, a long time ago. Met her husband, and they've been married in Canada ever since. So lost my job, I contemplated on the topic I asked a ton of questions since I've never even been into a strip club that was the first time I've ever worn heels and <laughs> <laughs> maybe gazelle on stilts that was for sure <laughs> so we uh I I told her I'd get back to her I wasn't fully on made my decision whether I wanted to get into dancing or not and right. I also said I asked questions about shooter girls since in Ontario there's girls that sell trays of shots and they make a percentage per shot that they sell. Right. So I was contemplating all of that. She was giving me the different types of money that you can make and stuff. After two weeks, and I was at the point of pretty much, I was like, okay, I'm basically just living off of my savings, and I'm not going to be able to pay many more bills after this. Let's go give it a shot. So she gave me a couple of her outfits to borrow for my first night. And I went and bought my first pair of pleasures, pleasures, pleasures. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the club. And, uh, she threw me in on a Saturday night. We went to work together. She talked to the manager of the club and that was it. So I came down the stairs Saturday night, clubs packed 9 p.m. In Ontario, clubs are open until 4 a.m. Wow. So they stopped serving alcohol at 2, but you can keep giving VIP dances until quarter to four. That's amazing. And at 4 p.m., they close. So it's a late night. Yeah. Um, super long. Wow. Super long. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, went in at 8 p.m., finished at 4, and I can honestly say I made $200, and it was the scariest night of my life because <laughs> you're, they have um, a huge scare, staircase to come down the stairs uh, from the dressing room down to the dance floor, Learning how to walk in heels for your first time, I should have tested them out before <gasps> I came to work. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm gripping the railing, trying to walk down, shaking for my nerves. <laughs> Got kind of hung around her for a little bit, and she showed me how she talked to customers, introduced me, and I had my first client. Brought him to the VIP room, and I sat down. We were waiting for the first song to start. 
we started chit-chatting. I said, this is my first dance I've ever given. Oh, my God. And being as confident as possible was like, it can't go wrong. <laughs> oh, no. It absolutely can. <laughs> oh, no. The what happened? Done, I saw his face. It was just I didn't know how to move my body gracefully. No. So it was very stagnant movement. <laughs> and <laughs> that's not done. And I, I looked at his face and I saw how disappointed he was. And I was like, you know what? I'll give you another one and we can do a two for one deal. My nickname <laughs> was two for one for at least the first year of my career. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is a good story. But he came back. That was the best part was the night I met him. He was on a Christmas work party with all of him and his co-workers and they came back the following year and all remembered me <laughs> obviously when they came back I was a lot more experienced in a year and I gave way better lap dances so <laughs> that was it, it showed I improved showed you improved but, uh, yes so after my first night, she asked me on the drive home how I felt and everything. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, and she we went over a discussion on kind of the different types of girls that are in the club. She's like, this is – she's been working for 20 years in the industry, and she kind of sat down and said, here's all the different scenarios. You pick what makes you feel comfortable and go with that. So I went home afterwards and I was still up in the air. I was like, is this for me? Is this not for me? It was a lot of work. Your Mm -hmm. feet hurt at the end of the night. You're talking all night. And I give props to girls that do it every single And so I told her, I was like, you know what? I'll let you know next week if I want to come back in. I kind of need to take some time for myself and make a list. So I sat down, did some research online and felt that for me personally when I go in there I want to be completely sober mm-hmm. and be able to know my surroundings so I chose to make a promise to myself that I'd never drink never do drugs and I wouldn't drink or do anything before I went to work wow good and for you I kind of sat down also and I was like well it's scary how do I get over my nerves well I wear contacts and glasses I can still see pretty up close I can't see super far away so I did the decision of I'll take off my contacts so when we do small stage show performances to show ourselves and stuff, this is how I'd work it out. And it made me a little less scared for the first couple months until I gained that confidence in myself to be able to put my contacts in and fully see everything. Yeah. It's just a way of blurring it. That's really interesting. Like literally blurring it. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) So I did that for – a couple months and got back into the trade when I found another job since that was my one passion was to be a licensed electrician eventually. Right, right. And after a couple weeks of being uh, in my civilian job, I missed dancing. So I contacted Angela again. I was like, is there a way that I can do both at the same time without physically exhausting myself? Right. So she told me to talk to the club owner in Ontario. Uh, different clubs have different rules all across Canada. Right. Uh, I'll talk about that later too. Yes, for and sure. So she says, you just have to talk to the manager and ask pretty much what his rules are. Since she was a full-time dancer, she worked five days a week and that was no issue. They're open seven days a week at my home club when I was working in Ontario, actually Cheetahs of Windsor. Okay, and cool. So I was there. And 
Pat was pretty understanding, was the manager. He said, he's like, you know what? I understand that what you're doing. He's like, I'm happy that you're here. You're a good worker. He's just contact me a week before. Give me the days that you're going to work the next week following, and we'll go with the flow. So nice. at the time, I was working Tuesday nights because he just asked me to do one weekday slow shift. Yeah. So I was doing Tuesday nights from 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. He would let me go sometimes early around 1 a.m. just so I can get up for work the next day. That's so nice. I would do Fridays and Saturdays as well. Right. Big days for dancers are usually the weekends, which are Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. Sundays are always that extra bonus day if there's any uh, sporting events going on. So I'd right. try and push myself to do as much as I could. And did that for about two more years. Okay. In 2018, I decided to leave the trade. It was somewhat my decision, somewhat the company's decision. Okay. I guess I'll backtrack a little bit more. So in 2016, when I started, I think 2017 was the Canadian 150th, if I do believe so. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. So I uh, started in 2016. 2017, in the summer, I wanted to take some vacation time for myself while I was applying for a new company position, a different company, mm-hmm. as a position, and I took two months off. I left the company I was currently with, and I said I was taking summer holidays. If there was an opening when I came back, uh, I would reapply, and if not, I would try and find another job. They're completely understanding, and I left. I decided to travel across Canada for the Canadian 150th and it danced along the way and was able to pursue my passion in both dancing and traveling. Amazing. And went to every single province and danced in all those provinces. That's and so there, cool. See and fell yeah. in love with Vancouver. I'm like, I'm going to live here one day. I love the vibration that uh, Vancouver has to offer. I liked how liberal everything was. Yes. And so stayed here as long as I could. Ended up getting a call from a company I applied to and went back to Ontario to start. Okay. I worked for them for about a year and a half. In April of 2018, they uh, sat me down and they basically said how they found out about my dancing career. And they asked me if I was continuing it while I was working at their company. Me being young and trying to be as truthful as possible... I said, yes, I work on the weekends, but what I do in my personal time shouldn't affect what um, I bring to the table as my position at my civilian job. Absolutely. They begged to differ. They were very one-sided on it. They wouldn't let me speak. And they decided to terminate my position due to the fact that I danced. That's so fucked up. I don't have any social media. That was another one of my um, criteria that I made for myself. I said, you know what? I'm trying to do two things at once. Mm-hmm. Let's make it as easy as possible. I said, I enjoy the nightlife. I enjoy the interaction and the sexuality that comes with everything that comes to exotic dancing. But I don't want to pull it into my civilian life and personal life outside of there. Let's right. keep one side one thing, the other side the other thing. Totally. That's so really I- smart too. Yeah, so I, I asked them, I, sa- I said, may I ask how you found out? They said that a couple of the guys from work were following me because what? they suspected something when I wouldn't go out for drinks with them after work as a crew and engage in, like, hanging out. And for me personally, I just think if I don't connect with you on 
certain views in life. I don't need to make friends with you if I work with you. I can be civil and I can have my own personal life. Of course. They apparently with that company, that wasn't how it was. And I lost my job. I gained a reputation in the lower area of Ontario of being the electrician that was also an exotic dancer. So while I was trying to apply for jobs, I was having a really hard time. And oh, wow. I made the decision to leave the trade for a couple of years. And I said, you know what? Let's dance. Let's work full time, make some money and do other passions that I wanted to pursue. Travel. And I also really enjoyed yoga as a hobby. Right. And said, why don't I try teaching yoga, learning a little bit about it and going from there. Wow. So I uh, I became the girl that worked seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> I was on uh, rotation in Ontario. I would go from Windsor to Niagara Falls. Okay. Did a couple clubs in Mississauga and Toronto. And every club is different. So I set it up where I would work Wednesday to Saturday uh, in Windsor at my home club. Okay. I would take Sunday and wake up at Pretty much after working until 4 a.m., getting home at 5, I'd wake up at 8, leave my house by 9, and drive to Niagara Falls. Wow. Be there for for 12 o'clock when the club opened, and there they were 12 noon till 2 a.m. So I'd do a double, which was a day-night shift on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Do a shift on Monday. Oh, my gosh. And leave after my day shift at 8 p.m. to drive back to Windsor. Girl. And start all over. Girl. I give you mad props for doing that. Holy crap. That is a schedule. (laughs) That was a schedule. And then I would also throw in one week out of every month. I would throw in taking my five days off at my home club and doing uh, another strip club in Mississauga or Toronto just to kind of mix it up. I thought for me personally, it was a way of just seeing how other people interacted with customers, giving Mm -hmm. me a wider range to expand my clientele as well as just you gain more tools by working with other girls in the industry totally so you can see their experience and stuff wow Um, from there I saved up enough money to travel and I took some time off and went to Southeast Asia got my meditation certificate and I was searching for answers I was like I want to move to Vancouver I want to be a part of this how do I do it so I did it the most extreme way possible. <laughs> but of course. <laughs> and I was like, Let, let's combine as much things as I possibly can do. <laughs> and I, I went to go to a meditation retreat. I hiked Everest Base Camp in Nepal. Wow. Did some hiking around there. Went to India and Qatar. Oh and when God. I came back. Within a week, I sold everything I owned, talked to my club owners, thanked them for the time that they let me work and their flexibility with my schedule, packed up everything, and moved to Vancouver last year in June. Who are you? Wow. (laughs) That is the most incredible story. Yeah. So when I moved here, I kept in touch with um, I drove across the country a few times, Mm -hmm. uh, one for the 150th. A couple times, my best friend lives in Calgary, so I drive across to see her. Whenever I drove across, it's such a long drive from Ontario to the West Coast that I'd stop in each province and I'd work in a club for a night or two Cool. and keep going. So I kept my contacts, and I always made sure to be respectful of the managers, and they let me work while I was on the road to travel to move out here. Amazing. 
I kept in touch with one of the managers from my favorite club in Vancouver. When I landed, I said, hey, I worked here so many months ago. I was wondering if there's space for me to be a VIP dancer. They just asked me to come in during a day shift to talk and go over a few things, and that's how I started. So I worked full-time at a club here in downtown Vancouver for... I guess until COVID started. Yeah. And once COVID started, I, I made the decision to, well, it was forced, uh, clubs yeah. closed. Yep. And I went back to my civilian job full time. But in the meantime, while I was working at the club in Vancouver, I was teaching yoga, working at a yoga studio, and being an electrician all at once. Oh, my gosh. So it was a busy <laughs> schedule. There was a lot of days where I was like, I'm craving some sleep and some personal time. I having this time off with COVID really helped to see that I didn't have a balance with having friendships and relationships. Okay. So now it's been really nice to be able to make some new friends, take some time out for myself and kind of focus on where I want to be and, and how to merge all my favorite aspects of different parts of my life into right. one. Yeah, because you have a lot of favorite aspects, it sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which is really, really great. So wow oh my gosh like that is so cool super inspiring and I have so many questions <laughs> Go for it. oh my gosh where to start okay so unfortunately I mean I just want to say like how sorry I am that you had to go through that with uh the job in in uh Windsor with your civilian job like to be treated like that is that even legal to be dismissed it's not, it's not legal but yeah. because it's, um there's a law that's passed. I, I think you spoke about it on another episode, on your mm-hmm. bonus episode, when you did uh, your Florida State oh, uh, yeah. University. Um, there's a law that's passed that doesn't really protect sex workers. So when yeah. I called into the labor board, we are not protected. So being the fact that I am a sex worker and ha- holding a civilian job, they have the right to terminate me due to that job. And there is no way of protection. Right. So that's... I, I end, the reason why a lot of strippers that or sex workers in any form of in the industry that have a civilian job tend to keep it very hush hush right. is because when you do come out, there's that constant fear of, am I going to lose my job over this? Right. I, I think that a lot of people that are folk that are in the sex working industry, they're not looking to disrespect the companies that they're working for in the daytime. Mm-hmm. They're just looking to be able to have two forms of lifestyles and support themselves in a way financially that they can live their life to however they wish to choose. Right. That's really important to note that just because like I also came from a similar background, not to, I'm not a licensed electrician by any means, but <laughs> <laughs> I had a civilian job for several years and then uh, I was also moonlighting as a stage dancer as well in Vancouver and like it was I was really open about it I was always posting about it on my social media and stuff that was all the choice that I wanted to do but like it was all hovering over my head like are they gonna find out about it like how are they gonna react like and it's a really real and valid fear as well because again losing your job is pretty significant it's not a fun time i lost my job jobs plural um due to covid so i've been doing just content creation and sex work 
for the past few months and it's like the struggle is real so it's real and it's stressful too so it adds that stress into your sex working career where when you're do when you're trying to perform you have to be on your top game and you need to be confident and fun and bubbly and when you're stressed outside of your job it's it puts a damper on it yeah so I also find too that I never had a fear when I was, when I took, when I was doing both jobs uh, before I got fired or in Ontario was I never had a fear of being inside a strip club. I always felt safe when I was at the club, the bouncers, the management, all the rules that the staff put in place for uh, strippers and exotic dancers made you feel comfortable. It was the fear of the second you left those doors, what was going to happen in the outside world. Right, because you're not protected anymore, basically. That's exactly it. And I think that's why we need to open up this conversation and have discussions with civilian jobs and companies. It would be amazing for them if they do find things out or they have questions to just sit you down and let's have a conversation about it. It's not taboo anymore. It's 2020. Yeah. And let's start a discussion. Totally. And that's this is why you're on the this is why you're on the show, basically. Cause I thought it was such an important aspect. And it's a lot of um, like I had a lot of people being like, Oh my gosh, how do you do that? And like a lot of the questions that came in were like, How do you do that? How can I be part of that club where it's accepted for what I do in my personal time? And it's it's really it can be really, 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 really tricky. And you actually experienced both sides. So we're going to go into the positive side uh, a little bit later. I just have a couple more questions here (laughs) that came up. But like, so when you were driving across Canada, how did you get in touch with the clubs? Like, how did you, How like, it was really cool that they were so flexible for you to come in, you know, um, as you were driving along through your like cross Canada trip. Like, how did, did you just drop in? Did you email them beforehand and stuff too? Just in case people are wondering on how to do this themselves. Yeah, 100%. So um, I'm not quite sure if the rules have changed. I did this a couple years ago. and mm-hmm. Well, last year too. But, um, <laughs> so I, I know clubs are different um, as the time goes on. What I did was working with uh, a variety of people from all over uh, Canada when I was dancing, I would just ask them what clubs they came from, where they worked at, what their experiences were with each club, why they liked it, and took mental notes and would write them down on my phone. From there, when I was planning to drive across Canada, I decided to do uh, the West Coast tour before the East Coast tour. Okay. Uh, for people that don't know the geography of Canada, Ontario is central Canada, more towards the East Coast, but we are more central since the East Coast has New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, right. Newfoundland, Labrador, PEI. So I did some research before I left, looked at all the different clubs going towards British Columbia, mm-hmm. and I emailed them. A lot of them don't email you back. Right. So then I made the decision of looking up the time zones, and I was calling while their times were open and asking to speak with a manager, saying I was a dancer from this club. I would have my manager contest that I was a good worker and all this stuff. I wanted to come in. What are your rules and guidelines for me to be able to come in temporarily, and how long would you like me to work for? Right. That's really respectful, so, too. That's awesome. Yeah. So I was able to contact them that way. I would say Manitoba was the hardest. Okay. It got easier as I came out west. So Manitoba, I danced in Winnipeg. And the clubs out there was when I called them, they said, we have a lot of girls that say they're coming and don't show up. Mm. Uh, 
let give me your dates and all we ask is that you work a minimum of three nights in a row we don't care if it's the weekend or if it's the weekdays here's our set times this is the time i open up and come in these are the days i'm working please come in while i'm working as a manager yeah. so he could talk to me the other thing is is a being a vip dancer and a floor worker they want to see your physical physique to kind of see if they you fit their look of their club right so I came in during the day while they were cleaning the club, ready to open that night. Uh, talked to him a little bit, told him about myself. Uh, I made the highly mistake of being too nice, being a Canadian, and I was like, <laughs> "Hey, I brought coffee." Like, oh, that's so nice. A more formal, and he's just like, "We don't do this here." Oh my god! <laughs> Denied. Totally <laughs> shut <Denied>. down. <laughs> so, um, let me work I did three nights in Manitoba I found that I wasn't doing too well myself as as you um are in the prairie provinces they have Mm -hmm. a no contact rule in Ontario you are allowed to physically touch your clients and when I mean that um you're not giving extras which Mm -hmm. are hand jobs will jobs all that stuff that's not allowed in strip clubs it is you are allowed to physically grind and sit on someone's lap touch their arm right their face their neck whatever um, just be a little more personable with your lap dances. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was hard for me as I I feel that if I would have went from a no contact to a contact, it would have been easier. Yeah, totally. Going from contact to no contact, you were getting an extremely good thigh workout because you were hovering over someone. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I can attest to that. <laughs> and it was your – because – the the customers and clients that are in the club know that you're not getting the full experience of a contact dance it's harder to convince them to hey let's go to the back room get a vip dance they're like no we're just going to throw some money on stage right and and prepare drinks and leave a lot of times they would say um they would sit me down because usually you have a conversation before you pop the question and uh they would be like you know what we'll pay you for your time for sitting with us since you don't do stage shows and thank you very much. So I did okay in Manitoba. Yeah. Saskatchewan surprisingly doesn't have any strip clubs. Oh, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I None? I the Bible Belt of Canada. None. <laughs> oh my God. Crazy. <laughs> wow. So I, I stopped in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan and just kind of checked out the nightlife that they had for a night just curious and moved on over to Alberta <laughs> in Alberta they have licensing rules so depending what city you're in yes so in Calgary you have to get a license to dance it is the same way in bigger cities in Ontario so okay in the tr- greater Toronto area you have to go down to the police station they do a background check they also check you for drugs and alcohol at the time. Okay. And they take a picture and you get a little plastic card that you have to provide to the clubs when you walk in and you want to work. It's your basically serial number for one year um, before it expires saying that you're clean, you've had a background check by uh, the RCMP and you're good to go. So I brought that card from Ontario to Calgary and they, on the phone, they asked me to get a Calgary card. Right. Well, it was hard for me to do that since I was only temporarily doing it. It takes a couple weeks to come in. In Ontario, it's you can get it all done in one day. It takes about two hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in Alberta, it's a couple-week process. Right. So I didn't have that since I was like, I'm only driving through and temporarily seeing things. Let's chance it. 
I talked to the, the uh, managers in Calgary for, they have four clubs. Yes. And I talked to all of them. And basically I went in one by one the night that they opened and on a Friday night and I asked to speak with the manager up in their office. I showed them my card and I asked for an exception. They said that they'd grant me exception, but they took a bigger percentage of my earnings. So oh. clubs a percentage of what you make. Uh, every club's different. In Ontario, um, in Windsor, they ask for, a, they call it a bar fee. Okay. You pay $100 to work for the night. You pay it up front, and anything you make after that is yours. Okay. In Niagara Falls, it depends what hour you come into work. So the earlier right. you come in, the less you pay. So if I came in at 12 noon, I paid $20 to work as long as I wanted. I could work till 2 a.m. Right. If I came in at 4 p.m., it was 60 and so on. So it went up pretty much $20 an hour as the night went on. Right. Would max out, they would stop taking dancers in Niagara Falls at 9 p.m. And 9 p.m. was $150 to Jeez. take the work for them. Really? Oh my gosh. Pricey. That's insane. Yeah. Holy crap. And, and not every night you're guaranteed to make money. As a VIP dancer, it's the luck of the draw. Sometimes you have very good customers and clients. Some nights you walk out with nothing. Yep. So it's a big gamble. Huge and gamble. So I felt that when I was in Calgary because I was only making $16 a dance. What? Oh my god. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So, That's right. Yeah, it's like <laughs> so 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 incredibly little there. I remember when I had Rosie Skies on the show and I was like, "What is going on? Like why is it so little? Like hardly any money." Like it's just yeah. it's uh, wild. but you can make good money in. Um it's just air dances. So if that is your style of VIP dancing or floor work, I would highly suggest checking out Manitoba. Okay. Lipsticks is a a great club to work at too. Right. Um, and Winnipeg. So from Calgary, I just felt like I wasn't fitting in. And I called a club in Red Deer called Ecstatic. Okay. Dave is the manager there. And he was blown away that I want to go from Calgary to Red Deer to work. <laughs> so he was just like, if you, work, if you want to make the change from the big city to come out here to work, he's like, by all means, he's like, come talk to me. We open at nine o'clock. That's my I thing. I showed up at eight thinking most clubs usually like let their dancers come in an hour before to get ready. Totally. Crap, take a look at the club if it's their first time. No, I had to sit in my car for an hour. They opened the doors for <laughs> anyone at exactly nine o'clock that's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> i talked to him he um it's a cashless system there oh. so basically really unique something i never saw is uh i guess they do it over in europe a lot more is they have you on this computerized excel sheet pretty much to simplify it okay what you do is you give them your dancer name for the evening and your real name and I had to show him my Ontario card. He didn't care about having an Alberta card since I was temporarily yeah. there. He said he'd make an exception. It's pretty much for the same reason as Ontario. They just wanted to make sure that you're cleared by the RCMP. Right. And uh, when you take, when you are going for a dance in Red Deer or Alberta, you take them upstairs to the VIP room. It's no contact as well, so air dancing only. There's cameras in the VIP rooms Okay. at this particular club. And you would go in, sit down, and the uh, bouncer or a person that was sitting at the desk watching the cameras just outside the VIP rooms would ask the customer how many dances he would like and what type of genre of music he would like. Whoa! 
Really? So he'd pick a genre of music and he'd say, I want to go for four songs. So then you're dancing for four songs and it's being played by this person and they have you in a booth and they can see everything that's happening. Okay. And when you come out of the booth, they stop and the gentleman pays by debit or credit or cash to what? the person sitting at the desk. The person at the desk will calculate how many songs you have, put it in the system, and you do not get any money until the end of your shift. Whoa. So at the end of your shift, you go speak with the manager. In this case, this gentleman's name was Dave. And I would go to his office, and he would hand me what I made at the end of the night in cash. And that was it. I love that system. That is so, so progressive. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It was nice in that form because – then there's no ATM lineup. Yes. Like, you're not worrying about anything, and you know you're going to get paid. The other thing is, too, is I didn't have to worry for my safety of the fact, am I going to get paid? Mm-hmm. Am I going to do all this work and worry about the person not paying me at the end? The night, because yeah. they took care of that for me. And the other thing was, too, is there was sometimes they saw a customer I'd bring up, and they said, hey, can you please pay before your dance begins? That's incredible. I really like that system. Like, Wow. In Red Deer, yeah. of all places? In Red Deer, Alberta, of all places. What? So, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love their club. Highly recommend their club as well. Um, they're, uh, just from my personal experience, I still have Dave on contact. And he actually contacted me a few months ago when he was looking for girls to work. And he said, hey, would you like to come in and just work for a week or two before COVID happened? Um, wow. So they... They go through a series of girls. Girls are freelancers out there. Right. Uh, they also hire for stage shows. Mm-hmm. The one unique thing I found uh, working in the Prairie Provinces of Alberta to Manitoba was the fact that they don't put bills on stage. They throw quarters. So oh. girls at the end of their stage shows walk around with magnets to pick up their tips. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's like, so different. <laughs> That's so different. That is so um, different. So in BC, it's a little bit different as well. Yeah, for Um, sure. There is, uh, I wasn't part of the system where I did stage shows. So I can't speak on that part, but I know there's a governing body that you go through and it's an agency that allows you to do stage shows. Clubs will also, after you've been there for a while, put you up every so often if you ask to go on stage, just in between the girls that are contracted for stage shows for an in-between show. Exactly. And you do two songs here there. When I moved to Vancouver and I was just doing VIP, I saw how amazing the stage show performances are out here. It's nothing like Ontario. In Ontario, you're forced to do a stage show. You get put up in a lineup. A um, lineup? Of girls. Okay. Yeah, so when you walk in at the night, you give them your stage name and to the DJ. And the DJ will call you up uh, basically before for the next girl. So if, uh, say, Tasha's on stage, he's like, with two songs left, because you're doing three songs on stage instead of four, uh, they'd be like, Tasha's on her second song in... One song after this will be Tiffany, and that gives you enough time. You'll hear it over the whole club, and that gives you enough time to get ready to go to the DJ booth and then hop on stage. Oh. So you're in order. The cheeky thing about this is girls would usually tip or pay the DJ out to skip them so they could keep working the floor and not have to do stage show performances. So sometimes you would end up doing 20 stage shows instead of just 10, Oh. because you other girls were constantly skipping weird um, in british columbia it's not like that no <laughs> it, which i loved was the fact that i could just keep doing what i was doing 
and uh, I didn't have to worry about it. Totally. After seeing for a month and a half of how amazing all the stage shows were, I contacted you and I was like, (laughs) I need to learn how to do some crazy moves. (laughs) Yes. That's how my stage show career started. I never contacted the agency though. Yeah. I just um, did the in-between shows for two songs sets uh, between the uh, assigned dancers for that day. That's good. You know what? You're honestly not missing them. Missing a lot. I'm going to have a whole episode on like <laughs> corrupt corrupt agencies because I'm not a big fan of the agency here and I'm probably not going to be working again after this. So <laughs> I can say whatever I want. But um, yeah, so that's how you got started. So you were all, okay, that's like so cool. I'm so glad you shared so much detail with all of the clubs across Canada. That's super insightful. Thank you so much for that. I also no wanted to talk about... Um, So you are now based in Vancouver. You are working your civilian job as a licensed electrician. How has that contrast been? Like, how, like, what was the reception of your work here? Did you divulge that, hey, I am an exotic dancer as well? How did they receive that? We haven't talked about that yet. So, and you have a good story to tell about that. (laughs) It started was um, when I was working as an electrician. We'll do jobs, and we're not allowed job site radios for the company I work for, just to, for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of construction. You need to kind of be aware of your surroundings. My pretty much foreman, our manager on site, would allow us to listen to slow music or podcasts on our phone if we're working in certain rooms by ourselves. So I was working in a room by myself, just doing my thing, and I like... I was listening to your podcast, actually. And <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> during your COVID series. Yes. So I was there listening to it about the COVID series. And um, my foreman came in and asked me, he's like, is it okay if I work in the same room as you? And I said, yeah, no problem. Put my mask on. And I asked if I could keep listening to my podcast. He was completely into it. He's like, yeah, it sounds really interesting. I back started it, started from the beginning. We had <laughs> conversations about it. Cool. And it came out that he is also a moonlighter and he grew up in Whistler. And when he was just starting out as an electrician, your wage is not that great. It takes years before you get a good wage. Right. And um, so he was struggling because the cost of living out here in the Vancouver area is extortionate. Yes. And he was doing <laughs> private parties as a male dancer to make ends meet amazing it started with that (laughs) conversation and because I felt so warned when he opened up to me and I love the how liberal Vancouver is to begin with with where black lives matter to um the LGBTQ community and all that stuff so we started having conversations and I opened up to him and I said well I said, this is really hard for me to say. And like, what I don't know, let me stop me if this makes you feel uncomfortable. But this is what I do in my personal time. And thank you so much for sharing. He stopped for a minute. And he said, he said, he's like, can I give you a hug? This is a big deal. He's like, I'm comfortable as a male saying this, because he says that in this line of work, he's not going to lose his job. He said, you to come out and say all this to me is a big deal. 
Yeah, absolutely. So then he asked me questions. He said, how did it feel when you lost your job in Ontario because of coming, because of them finding out and stuff like that. So it just opened up a whole conversation just from one podcast, which I thought was amazing. And that's when I contacted you and I said, you know what, if one conversation can make this small of an impact, how big can we make this? Totally. And so we, it was, I went home that night and told my partner, I was like, I have a huge weight off of my chest. I told one person at work today of what I do outside of my civilian job. And I feel so much lighter. And I, I was, it took me, I've been dancing since 2016 and coming out to my parents was hard enough. They were the first people I came out to. Okay. Uh, And it was, well, I guess you tell your two closest friends usually as a girl. Right. And I told them and one of them told my dad on Father's Day. What? So, yeah. Holy fuck. So I went over to my father's house on father's day was like hey happy father's day a night after a big night after work because father's day is usually on sunday so it's saturday and he said we need to sit down and talk oh your friend called me and told me this is what you're doing is this true what kind of friend is that we're not friends anymore yeah clearly she was worried about my uh, safety and she was concerned. So I told, told my parents, it destroyed my relationship with my parents for at least two years. I finally have a strong relationship with them now, but it took a while to mend that relationship because I didn't come out to them first before they found the information. Yeah. They had to find out through your friends, which is, yeah, not cool. So that was a learning experience. And that's why I say when you're coming out to people, it's how you feel comfortable. So when they ha- when you have the conversation, it's about how you feel. It's not about other people's feelings right. because they're not the one in your shoes. Exactly. So, so when I told uh, my higher up about it on the job site, I, uh, I, I felt relieved about it just since we shared a, a personal connection with it. Right. And we, so he said, he's like, do you mind talking about it to others? He kind of got a glimpse of it. I said, no, as long as they don't judge me. That was my big thing. I said, I'm worried about my job. I love my job. I love what I do. But I like to be able to do both. And that was my concern. So I said, no one knows me here in Vancouver. I have a small group of friends. I'm still new here. No one's here to judge me yet. And that's the other reason why I moved to Vancouver. I moved here because of how liberal it was, but the fact that no one knew me. So I had a fresh start from what I was getting judged at in Ontario in my civilian life. Right, right. So okay. when we had that conversation, I came home from work, told my partner, I was like, this is what happened today. I feel so good, all this stuff. And our group of friends knows what I do. And he said, he's like, that's amazing. He's like, I'm glad you finally feel confident enough to talk about it out here without shying away from everything. And so went back to work the next day. I threw on another one of your podcasts. <laughs> Yay. I'm like, let's make this a conversation now. So I scrolled through. I'm like, let's pick one of my favorites. And <laughs> I put it on. And he and he said, he's like, this, you know what? If he's like, if you feel comfortable enough listening to this, let's see how people feel when we're listening to it on the job site in our right. small room. Because pretty much it's just me and one other person. Right. I had another coworker that came in grab some stuff out of the room I was working in and he's just like that sounds really interesting he's like what is that podcast I'd like to listen to it told him about it I said if you have any questions I said I'd love to talk about it yeah 
we at lunchtime that day we sat down me and uh, my manager were still talking about what our conversation was next day and and the co-worker that overheard the podcast um started to ask both me and my manager questions we came out and just said this is how what we do in our personal time this is everything um he asked how we managed our lives our personal lives it got wow. into a big conversation. From there, they were completely accepting about it, and they thought it was pretty amazing. That's awesome. We do. So I think it's different perspectives. Yeah. It does change person to person, but personally it made me feel so liberated to be able to come out, and it felt like I wasn't carrying these bricks on my shoulders anymore. Totally. It's like a weight. You know, that weight is off of you. It's like a, a yeah. relief, right? So yeah, but wow. that's the other thing too. It goes to show that you can be a very strong worker in the civilian side, and you can also moonlight and be a strong worker in that too. Who says that you can't do multiple things? People multitask all the time. Exactly. You just have to be able to have a strong balance. Right. The work-life balance is extremely, extremely important. And <laughs> I mean, you are working a lot, but. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's important to have these conversations, again, as you said, and I'm really, really glad to hear that your colleagues and your boss were just so receptive in a positive way about what you do in your spare time. I'm so glad because, as you said, you already experienced the other side where things were not accepted. You were dismissed from your job. Like, I would never want you to go through that again. I don't want anyone to go through that. It's not a fun time. <laughs> and... Yeah. No, and like, it's just, I'm just amazed and I'm so glad that it went like a full 180 and you've had a positive experience here in Vancouver. Like that makes me really, really happy to hear that. So thank you so much for sharing, seriously. Thank you for having me share this with everyone else. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it, as you said, like it really depends on the person's situation. It also depends on careers as well. Like I feel it is very, very, very subjective in terms of like what type of career that you choose to do, um, what kind of jobs you do. I feel like if it's more of like a casual job or anything in F&B, hospitality, anything entrepreneurial, I think those aspects can be a lot more liberal and accepting and empathizing. But if it's something in like a professional, like um traditionally professional career like like law or like anything like that like it might have some repercussions but I mean I don't believe it should because I think whatever you do in your personal time shouldn't affect what you do in your day-to-day job it's it's different parts of your brain it's like completely unrelated and exactly you know what I mean like it shouldn't again what you said like what you do in your personal time shouldn't really have to interfere with anything that you do professionally so yes yeah so I'm really really hoping that again with the podcast and with more stories like this about coming out it would help to inspire other people to do so too but also really gauge your audience really look at who you're dealing with what kind of conservative views that they might have or even political views that can kind of give you um like a big Uh, hint whether or not someone will be accepting or not and just be careful because it can also have those really negative repercussions as well so you kind of there's no right or wrong way or there's no specific way of doing this correctly but you just have to really again trust 
who you are or like put trust in whoever you are going to be divulging this information to and also just kind of like look at the situation from like a big picture point of view and kind of go from there it's it's really hard there's no there's no guidebook for doing this it really just varies for everyone so except yeah the other thing i wanted to point out is too is it's a learning experience Mm -hmm. so you're going off of when people criticize themselves and saying i wish i would have known this well you made that decision based on the data that you held at that moment in time so you can't judge yourself from the past you can only learn from it so to at that moment in time, I'm like, well, this is what happened to me before. Why don't I choose my words carefully on how I'm coming out and what I say and everything like that. I waited for them to make a discussion and we used a podcast and someone else's discussion to start the conversation. Right. It can, I gauged it on how I felt at that moment, the data that I had, and I was very careful about it. That And then it slowly came out of, oh, this is my past. This is what happened. I've been to here, here, and here dancing. It's pretty amazing. Um, and it kept going further. Right. Now, if there's backlash with what happened from that, I can only use that, add it to my book, and write it down and say, okay, this is what to do next time. Mm-hmm. And you can't beat yourself up on it. You no. did what felt right to you. Right. Awesome. Well, this is really, really, really great advice. Again, I really hope this can inspire listeners too or anyone else that's kind of in a similar situation. Really, really great tips. Thank you so much, Caitlin slash Tiffany for sharing. (laughs) And if anyone um, does ever want to reach out, I know for sure me, I'm sure Stasis says the same way in her podcast too. Mm -hmm. Just like reach out to us. We'd love to have that conversation with you too. It's hard, and I found the best way to gain a perspective on something was to ask other people in the field. So asking other sex workers advice and what happened to them and just kind of going and formulating an opinion of your own and then make a decision. Right. Sometimes you just have that conversation with someone else. Right. So, yeah, don't don't be afraid to slide into those DMs, guys. <laughs> but I guess with that, we just have a couple questions here for – the latter end of the show but um if you want to kind of move into that we can um oh, yeah yeah the first question is which is a really broad question are you still in sex work i am so currently right now with the clubs being closed uh due to covid uh they are starting to reopen but they're only reopening for stage show performances in bc mm-hmm. right uh, i'm not a stage show performer i am strictly just vip and floor work so currently I am not working, but I will be going back to work as soon as the VIP uh, industry opens up. Right. I don't know if I'll do it right away. I think I might gauge it and dip my toe in to see <laughs> how the rules are. Um, yeah. Safety measures with masks and everything like that and go from there. But I will be going back to work. I do miss it. Awesome. I miss work too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why did you decide to keep both of your jobs and what is the appeal for doing so? I kept both of my jobs because I enjoy both of them. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pursue a career in something that made me happy and I like working with my hands. I also like how much I learn every single day being an electrician. You're always learning something new. Right. That being said, I like the freedom and 
the sexuality, the conversations, the music, the nightlife and everything that comes with dancing. So I couldn't make a decision. And because I couldn't make a decision, I decided to do both. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally valid. (laughs) I figured you can't... you hurt yourself if you say no to one and not the other. So let's right. just merge the two. Just do it all. Why not? <laughs> Get that bank. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what? That's all, all the questions that came in. Um, but before I let you go, where can we find you? If we can find you since you don't have social for your dancer account. <laughs> if you have any questions, you can uh, message me in my DMs on my personal social media account on Instagram, which is Caitlin Marie on Instagram. I am selective. I will say this. I'm very selective on who I add. It is my personal life. Yes. And um, But if you have any questions about things, I, you're more than welcome to reach out. I always answer everything. I can say sometimes it takes me two to three business days as <laughs> if I have a busy day at work. I sometimes don't check my social media, but I promise I will get back to you. Um, and we can go from there. And usually um, I do add quite a few people if you Mm -hmm. seem normal and stuff like that but when it comes to just randoms because you want to check out what my personal life is uh I keep that private just for myself but you can find me there I'm always open to talk and (laughs) we can start the conversation absolutely and you know what if um you guys can also reach out to me as well and I could always connect um you with Caitlin as well so that option's also available but again pretty much just sign the dms we always answer and we love to start this conversation have this discussion open this conversation up it's really important that we do so it's really significant and yeah and <laughs> I'm just really glad we got to do this episode you're the perfect person for this topic again having experienced both sides so thank you again, Caitlin slash Tiffany Hart, <laughs> Tiffany of Hart, <laughs> for coming on the show. It was amazing. And guys, don't forget to um, like, rate, review, and subscribe. It's Strip by Sia on all podcast platforms out there. And also my personal, which you can also slide the DMs. <laughs> it's Sia Steph on IG So and everywhere else. So yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. And there will be another episode for season two coming out next week. Guys, stay tuned and we'll see you guys later. Bye. You're listening to Strip by Sia, hosted, produced, and edited by Steph Sia, artwork by Maria Bellantarama, music by Ted D, and photography by Ian Dabber.